What's up, podcast? Welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Show, a cannabis-based business podcast keeping you up to date on current news in the cannabis industry around the world, as well as giving you advice, tips, and tricks on how to start your own cannabis business. I also share a lot with you on what I've learned in starting my own cannabis business. If you've never checked out the show before, I'm Thurlow Weed. You can find me on Instagram at Thurlow.official. You can find me on Twitter at Thurlow Weed and on Snapchat at TL Weed. Let's jump into today's show. Today marks the start of the court proceedings for a lawsuit in Colorado over marijuana and property values that could actually have a very broad impact, not just in Colorado, but really on the cannabis community or cannabis industry as a whole. Now, a federal trial in Colorado that starts today could have far-reaching effects on the United States budding industry if a jury sides with a couple who says that having a cannabis business as a neighbor hurts their property value. So essentially, uh, the plaintiffs purchased property in Pueblo, Colorado, and they purchased this property between 2011 and 2014, and they purchased around 100 acres. Now, shortly after their final purchase in 2014, they found out that there was going to be um, a property that was purchased and used for uh, for cannabis use. It says right here that they made three separate land purchases between 2011 and 2014, gradually reaching more than 100 acres. Now, they learned about plans for a marijuana business bordering their final purchase just four months after completing the sale. Now, the owner of the property, it's not an outdoor grow, it is an indoor grow. Uh, The owner, Walton, put up a 5,000 square foot or 465 square meter building to grow and harvest uh, cannabis plants indoors. Now, the Rileys, the plaintiffs, they, they filed their suit in early 2015. A year later, Walton announced that the company's first harvest via Instagram, snapping a photo of a strain dubbed purple train wreck and hanging in a cure room. So here's what's up. These people actually filed the lawsuit right around the time that the first crop was coming down. So they didn't just file the lawsuit when they found that a cannabis business was next to him. It seems that they actually had something viable um, saying, you know, hey, these people, when they had their grow going, it was smelling. And they're saying that it brought down the value of their property because of the smell. Now, the reason that this is a big case and the reason that there's some importance behind this is because when they first sued, they sued multiple different companies and it's now kind of just everybody else has kind of fallen off or they've settled and it's just finally down to the Waltons uh, or to Walton. This same law firm that is uh, that has brought this lawsuit against this gentleman in this company actually has suits going on in California, Oregon, and Washington. So basically, 
the first places, Washington and Colorado, and then the next year was Oregon, the first places that that actually had legal recreational cannabis um, is where these lawyers in this law firm from Washington, D.C. has went and found plaintiffs, and they're suing all under the same grounds that basically it's a RICO Act uh, because it's a criminal organization or a non-federal uh, federally legal organization that's um, hurting their property value. So here's my thing. One, I want to sound off. If you're listening on Anchor, please leave a message. You can leave a message. You can leave a comment if you are listening through the Anchor app. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or Google uh, Podcasts, check out uh show at gmail.com or show at gmail.com and email me your thoughts on this. Do you feel that there should be federal RICO laws um, being pursued against people who are starting and have started legal recreational marijuana businesses, although, albeit they're legal only in the state. So what I'm saying is, is because a state says that it's legal to grow cannabis, should the feds still be able to come in and file a RICO Act? I want to know your thoughts on that, because this really could um, change the industry or change some aspects to the industry. And it shows that these businesses are not necessarily safe, at least on the civil side of things. So sound off in the comments. Leave a message. I want to be able to share your thoughts. Uh, send an email. show at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on this. So although marijuana is legal in Canada, they're definitely having some troubles taming the black market. Now, if you don't know anything about Canadian laws, which I don't know a ton about, but I do know that they really have uh, good laws that benefit the uh, the people of the country for, for medical purposes. And one of these laws uh, has to do with it's Compassionate Care Act or something where it has to do with patients being able to get the medicine that they want. Now, under this act, there's been a lot of illegal dispensaries that have popped up. Some uh, owners own as many as 30 across the country. Some as little as just one um, and currently even a few that are just like four uh, or five. But some of these businesses, they, they have a lot. One, one gentleman, um, if I find his name here, he had, uh, he had many of them and he turned around and got shut down and, and, face, and went to prison for four years. Yet, and now he's shutting down all of his illegal ones trying to get the license for Canada. But because, because these licenses are not coming quickly and they're not coming easily, it's really keeping the underground black market thriving. And because of this, Canada has done some unique things that I wanted to kind of point out to keep um, to go ahead and combat this. A, they understand that this is not something that's going to happen overnight. B, they are not doing mask raids and no guns and no head bashing. 
They have, in Ottawa, I believe it is, they have 44 unarmed inspectors that have the ability and the power to go in and seize illegal cannabis and shut these shops down. Now, I find that very unique that they're taking this unique stand on it. For one, they understand that this is something that's not going to happen overnight. Okay. For two, they understand that uh, going in and shooting people up and guns ablazing is not the way to do it. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is I, the United States, I believe that that part of the scare from from all these different politicians, part of the scare is, yo, we've had the laws like this for so long. If we just legalize it federally, it's going to be like a free-for-all. Well, here's the thing is that's not the, that shouldn't be the number one thing on your list. There are a lot worse crimes going on and a, a, a lot bigger fish to fry, so to speak, than to, to handle this. And if they do it in a correct manner, then it's something that that it should, you know, should be able to be done easily. You don't need to go in guns blazing to take out people um, that have these businesses. Now, I understand back in the day, and I'm not saying it's right, but I understand back in the day when you're kicking in somebody's door and you don't know what they've got in their house. But when you're talking about a business, that's a little bit different. I just think the, that the United States can take some tips from Canada. The fact that Canada understood that it wasn't going to just happen overnight is something that's very important. Another thing that another reason that they're having this problem is because they didn't have enough of the government run facilities or the government licenses issued for people to be able to have all types of access and it's still easier for them to have access underground. So and in the black market. Now, if you get caught without the proper, I think, paperwork or something, they can actually still take your cannabis. I don't know for sure, um, but you can legally be able to have it. It's what they're dealing with right now is a lot of, um, you know, a lot of underground black market. And it's still thriving because there's not enough legal licenses out there and legal businesses out there. You know, you can always sound off. Let me know what your thoughts are on this. Do you do you feel that there is going to be um some big avalanche effect of a bunch of different illegal pot shops opening if the federal government was to legalize. Also, what are your thoughts on federal legalization? Should they decriminalize it so everybody can just openly use it or should they try and um, should they try and maintain and and uh, 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 or should they legalize it and then leave it up to the states because some states don't want it. I feel that if you're in the United States, you shouldn't have to worry about flying from state to state with it. But also, I want to know your thoughts on what you feel about what Canada is doing. Do you feel that they're handling this right? Do you feel that they should let the shops go or do you feel that they should shut them down? Um, do you feel that they should go in with guns ablazing? You let me know. Remember, they legalized it. Now they're just trying to tame the black market. Let me know. I just want to jump in and add to all you listeners that I'm not going to be talking so much about cannabis stocks on the podcast anymore. 
I will talk about what I'm doing in the cannabis stock market, but I don't want to talk about what I see that's going on. And the reason for this is these are very volatile stocks, and I don't want anybody to feel that because I'm in the industry that I have an upper hand, and then they invest in something because I talk about it, and then they end up losing money, and I end up losing followers. I am not a professional stock investor. I just invest my own money into the market. I will share some of the stuff that I'm doing, but it's not going to be a big part of the podcast because I don't want people to get the wrong impression. I've had a successful business in the cannabis industry that does not sell cannabis for six years, and I've hosted radio in the industry for almost 10. I'm not a stockbroker, and I'm not a stock investor in the industry, so I don't want to give my thoughts, tips, ideas, or anything like that. And I never really gave tips. I just wanted to state that and let you all know. Thank you very much for your support, and I hope you understand. How to build a cannabis business. This is a new part of the podcast where daily I'm going to give you steps on how to build a cannabis business. I'm not trying to sell anything. I want to give you the information that I've learned over the years of being in this industry and just learning about business in general, and I want to be able to share it with you. Now, whether you're an entrepreneur and you've already started multiple businesses um, and you're successful then I'd, then you may find this uh, some of this information valuable. If you have not started a business, but you're looking at starting a business, and it doesn't matter if it's in the cannabis industry or not, I hope that you find this information valuable. I won't be able to always answer everybody's questions, but please DM me or email the Show at gmail.com and I want to be able to help you. I want to bring you value. Again, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm not going to have a packet. I'm not going to have anything like that. Okay, so I, I, but I want to be able to help people. So just remember this part of the podcast, even if you jump through the beginning news and you always jump to this, this is the heart of the podcast that I really want to be able to share with you. When starting a business, you need to look at the long game. And the cannabis industry, for instance, and a lot of this is going to relate back to this. I've been in this industry for almost 10 years, and it's still the start of the industry. There's still so much that's going to change from now and 10 years from now that it, it, it it's absolutely ridiculous to feel and think that you have to start a business in the industry right this second. And that if you're not, then you're missing out. That's real talk. You have so much time to look and plan. And really, to be honest with you, I would be taking the time, and I am taking the time with certain projects, to watch and see what other competitors or businesses that are going to be in the same niche or the similar niche, and I'm watching and seeing what they're doing. I'm seeing what they're doing right I'm seeing what they're doing wrong. This is such a learning period right now that this is extremely beneficial, that this is all happening step by step by step, state by state, medical, then recreational. This is something that is uh, slowly getting there. 
and we're not going to see the very huge growth that this industry will have until the federal government legalizes. And then it's still not going to happen overnight. You're going to see so many cannabis businesses come and go in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years that I can't even guarantee that iBake will be around. So you have to start looking and planning. And if you want that business, if you want your business to be around in 10, 15, 20, 50, 40, 80, 60 years, what you need to do is you need to take the next couple of years and you need to intently watch the industry, watch it in your state, watch it in other states, watch it all around, see what, what's going on online with it. This is the planning period. Start finding different niches. Start seeing where you may be able to fill a void that nobody else is getting and nobody else is filling because it's going to be those voids that you can fill that's really going to be able to give you a business that can stand out. It's all about taking your time. I'm 40 years old. I still have new businesses I want to start, and I know that it's going to take 5 to 10 years. It could take 5 years before I know if they're even going to work or not. And even 10, 15 years later, they could not work. This is the greatest time to be able to, to, to start working on a business, whether it's the cannabis industry or whether it's a different industry because things are changing rapidly in the music industry and not just becoming an artist, but also, um, you know, producers and doing different events this it's all changing it's in a we're really in a paradigm shift right now for things to, for for change and with new generations stepping forward and being you know getting becoming of age and kind of running stuff like the even the hip-hop industry um or not industry but even hip-hop music there are a lot more bigger names that are under the age of 21 and even under the age of 18 than there was before in this industry. These people are starting to become influencers and they're starting to become leaders that are going to direct where the consumers are going to be going. So this is a huge time to sit back and watch. A lot of people are going to feel that they're missing out on things and that's something that's very important to keep in mind. If the only way you're missing out is if you're not watching and taking notes and using what you're learning to start building a plan of action and start building the base of your your business. Like a house, like a building, your business is only as strong as the foundation. And the foundation is only as strong as putting in the work. You're only going to build that foundation by putting in the work. The more work you put in, the more connections you make, the, the more value that you give, not trying to get for yourself, and the understanding that this is going to take time, by doing that, you're going to build a solid foundation. And when you build a solid foundation and the rest of the house or the rest of the business comes on top of it, it's going to be a lot harder for things to take it down. There's no shortcuts. Just remember, it takes time. A lot of people want it now because they want to stunt on Instagram now. This isn't about stunting on social media, guys. This is about building something that can change many people's lives, that can change the globe, that can change the world, because that's what businesses do. So just remember that in this 
ever rapidly growing, changing paradigm shift we call life. 